Welcome to the sixth edition of the Wolves Women podcast. I'm your host, Nick. I'm joined today by Tom. Hi, everyone. And Jess. Hi. And we'll dive straight into it as we've got a lot to cover this pod. I think sort of at the tail end of September, I actually, well, beginning of this month, really, I was suddenly had a real worry beat that the manager of the month curse would strike as it had hit Forest when, when Maka was announced as the FA Women's National League uh, manager of the month for the Premier Division. So that was best manager in the Northern and Southern. So that was a bit of a worry beat. Did either of you two have that sort of manager of the month sort of curse worry there, Jess? Um, I think, obviously, I think he deserved it, but I think, obviously, it did happen. It has happened to other team in the past but we were lucky that it didn't happen to us yeah tom you as well you were you had that little worry bead at the back of your head i mean the manager manager of the month curse you sometimes happens but in now i think mac has won that award a few times now over the years and i think that you know it's never been a curse to him and you know it's proven again when it hasn't so you know, it was a well-deserved award for, for, for Maka and, you know, that, that form has continued into his month as well. So, yeah. Agreed. And I think Maka made light to the fact that it wasn't just for him, it was for the whole team. And I think, and the Talking Woso t- um, Twitter feed did do their team of the month, so where they picked a, a, a team that best the best sort of performing team in each of the tiers and uh, they did pick Wolves and, and they did comment that, it was, that we were the best performing team in that tier. And it wasn't just about um, the, the wins, it was about the quality of the teams we're playing against. You know, it wasn't, we're playing the bottom half, we're playing top top half teams and winning. So I think uh, it does, re- you know, it, we've been recognised by, or the club has been recognised by sort of everyone around that we are doing or Maka and the team are doing something really special there. But but diving straight in, um, first game we're going to look at is Thursday night, Stoke away. And the question always is, can they do it on a rainy night in Stoke? And uh, the answer is yes. Um, I'll, I'll quickly read through the team because it was a bit of a change with all the injuries. So we had Shan Turner in goal, Laura Cooper, Emma Cross, Tammy George, Summer Holmes, Anna Morfitt, Ali Miller, Helen Demode, Ella Butler, Leo Joyce, and uh, Rhea Ellsmore. Um, so we won the game 4 0 with a more fit penalty. Well, that's sort of given. Um, H, Tammy, and and a first league goal for Lee, young Leo. Uh, Tom, you were at the game. Do you, do you want to just talk us through it a bit? Because I hear there was a, whilst obviously Anna got the. Who scored the second penalty, or the first penalty, the penalty that was given, there was a shout for an earlier penalty? Yeah, there was. Um, straight away, really enough, at the beginning of the game, like the first or second minute into it. Um, and it, I think it should have been a penalty. I think even the Stoke, the Stoke coaching team, for us, it was right behind, behind them, and even they said, you know, it, it was a penalty. It wasn't given. Um well, I think that if it, if they did give a penalty, they have, they had to send the player off as well. Um, so obviously, I think Stoke should have been down to to ten players early on with that, but it wasn't given. Um, but we finally do get the penalty in the game, and you know Hannah Morfitt, <laughs> very rarely she misses a penalty. 
um, and puts it away. And, you know, at the break, we're one and up. We want the best first halves. Um, but second half, you know, it, it, it was like the Wolves women, every norm performance that they put on, you know, they played really well and we got three goals in that second half and, you know, a cold night in Stoke away from home and we got the three points and it, it was a brilliant performance in that second half. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, you know, getting that goal in um, just after the break as well would have really sort of turned the tide and I think, that's key, isn't it? Sort of that mentally just as sort of going in, you know, sort of you've gone in one nil at the break, you then score just after the break. Going forward after that is it makes it easier. Yeah, definitely. And I think obviously scoring's obviously always great. And I think especially because we aren't we aren't professional and these players, a lot of these players will have worked a full day and then travelled in the cold against Stoke, who are always a difficult team to come across. And it's not like they've not been to work all day. Some of these players have worked for hours and hours and then they've had to come and play football and to get a result that we did. I think that is phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's a really good point worth noting because Beth Merrick, who obviously who dropped out the starting 11, um, wasn't actually available for the first half at all. She she arrived at half time because of work commitments. And I think that's something we just need to, you know, be me mindful of and not just ourselves on this pod who you know we're aware of it but sort of wider those looking in but these are sort of people who've got full-time jobs elsewhere and have to then do this in their evenings and, and weekends but tom i think everyone seems to be sort of raving about laura cooper out there sort of as man as the player of the match what are your thoughts on that yeah I've, yeah i think you know she she, she was a she was brilliant um for wolves against Stoke. um you, you know, you know what Cooper brings you to the team, and, and she was excellent um, throughout the game. And I think another player who you could say, especially in that second half, is H. You know, she ran that midfield, and she, she took a goal really well. And you know, she was the one really her and Coop. She was the standout players in that match, in my opinion. Well, I think hey, I, I've said a couple of times now, I'm really impressed with H, the, the sort of professionalism that she brings, but. Uh, the, the experience I think you get with her and that sort of she's able to grip a game and sort of take it forward and I think it's something we'll touch on later one other thing I want to just p- pick up on this match is another clean sheet I know Macca made light of the fact that it was good to get that sort of monkey off the shoulder of actually conceding a couple of goals in the league at the, you know, against Huddersfield and get so there wasn't that pressure but to go again and get another clean sheet in the league, it, it's it vital at these times. I think, uh, just don't you think, especially with getting four clean goals as what well, four goals it improves the goal difference. Yeah, I also think obviously Kelly Darby's been out injured and Rhea's had to really come in and step up. Obviously, it's never ideal when one of your key defenders gets injured and then one of your new signings has to play straight away and be thrown in the deep end really. And but I think to not concede a goal, especially when Kelly Darby's missing and Rhea Ellsmore seems to like she slotted into the defence seamlessly. So, yeah, I think it was definitely a well-deserved clean sheet and I think it also shows the depth of the squad as well because she's not been with us long. So, to be able to go in and perform and get another clean sheet is really, really good. I agree. I think that's one thing, I think, with Ellie Butler as well, to playing um, getting that game on Stoke and against Day as well, stepping into that. 
you know, the last couple of games really stepped up. I know she's done a piece for the club. Uh, Tom, how do you think Kelly performed on, on against uh, Stoke? Yeah, it was another great performance from Ellie um, against Stoke. You know, she she got big boots to fill, especially with Jade Cross injured. Um, but she's come into that team and she's done really well in the games that she's played. And, um, you know, it just shows, that as, as Jess just says, the depth in the squad, what we've got now. You know, you've got, you've got the likes of um, Ellie, who's come in, done brilliantly well you've got the likes of Amy Dickin who's on the bench who you can bring on if you need if you need to um, you've got like um, other options as well in like Leo Joyce who's, who's done brilliant as well so for squad depth is is brilliant at the club now and as I say when you've got key players like Amber Hughes has been out Jade Cross has been out Kelly Darby have been out you know these are all key players in the team and yet you know, we've we've come through it and we're still unbeaten. So, you know, I've been with the new signings that we brought in Ellie and we have just been brilliant from what I've seen at the club. Agreed, agreed. They do seem to have stepped up to the mark as well. Um, moving on then, unless, unless anyone's got anything else to say about Stoke, we'll move on to the whole game. Um, it whilst it was at home, it was behind closed doors. Um we're well, we are, and and very lucky that Tom, due to his me, your media commitments, you were able to attend the game. Um, so it's really sort of it's good that whilst it was obviously behind closed doors, there was some media allowed to attend. Um, it was a three-two victory in the end. Uh, Leo scoring her second or two in two games. H scoring her third in three, and then Lauren Riley scoring, stepping up from the reserves. Um, something we talked about in the last pod. Uh, how well she was doing in the reserves, stepping up and scoring for there. Um, just quickly run through the team. Um, Shan Turner in goal. Well, I was going to say, I'll, I'll run through. The, realistically, the only change were for Beth in for Ali and Kate Evans stepping up to the bench. So it was Shan, Shan in goal, Laura Cooper, Emma Cross, Tammy George, Summer Holmes, Anna Morfitt, Helen Demody, Ellie Butler, Leah Joyce, Rhea Ellsmore and Beth Merrick. Um, Tom, it seems, yeah, sort of from watch following on Twitter, obviously, you know, you were there. We didn't appear to be clinical enough in that first half from what what's being said. What's your views on that? Yeah, you know, we took the lead early on. Um, you know, Leo Joyce um getting ahead of scoring it, pulling us one up. And then after that, you know, we was having chances, but we just want we just weren't clinical enough. Um and you know we got punished in the end. Um, you know, whole Hull had a chance, took it, then it's one one and you get punished. And then, you know, we come out of the second half again, we just wasn't clinical. Um, we just wasn't clinical. Then they went two one up. And then things, you know, changed. I think Wolves woke up type of thing. And, you know, we took the lead, um, Hull in the 73rd minute. You know, many teams would have let the heads drop. At that point, you know, you lay on in the game, seventy five minute, and you get two one down. These girls were down, you know, two minutes. A minute later, it was two two. A minute after that was three two up. It was a crazy, crazy two minutes. You know, Helen Dermody three and three. You know, class player and a brilliant signing by Dan. And then a player what's come up from the academy had to step up because of injuries um, to the team. Comes on and gets a winner. You know that that's, that must be an amazing feeling and give a loads of confidence now for Lauren Riley. You know she's been getting bags of goals in the academy. So to step up to do it in the you know Northern Premier to get a first goal 
and and you know and it's a guy what won us a game and he, you know credit credit to Lowen Riley you know yeah no definitely um, agree agree there Tom I think it's real sort of obviously big boots for somebody you know to step up out of the reserves that to come and fill and play up you know step onto that pitch at that point um you know, Jess, you what? Have you have you seen Lauren Riley play in other games before? Do you think? You know, how do you think she would perform for us? Um, I can't remember if I've seen her. I know she's been in and around the team when I've sort of been to games, but I can't remember if she's actually played. But I think it gives the management team a massive headache because she's come up and you know they've brought her up because she's got because we've got injury problems up front, and then she's gone on to score a winner. I think that just proves you know that she's. She's here in the first team and she should be here to stay because I think that's a massive credit to her. You know, she's only 18 years old and she's come in to do that is phenomenal. And I think from what we've seen for the reserve team, she sounds like she's having the season of a lifetime. So I really hope that she does get to stay into the first team and hopefully it's the first league goal of many for the senior team. Yeah, certainly gives Mac a headache, another headache there. I mean, he's, he's not, he's short. He, we always commented that he's got plenty of players and difficult choices to make, and, and Lawrence just made it even harder for him, hasn't it? Hasn't she? Yeah, I also think, you know, with Leo and Lauren up front, I think, you know, Leo's 16, Lauren's 18. I think that's a, it's an, it sounds like we've got an amazing future up front. So I do hope that they both flourish in the first team and they do become regulars over the next few years. No, definitely, and that's that's is really important, isn't it? It's, it's coming through our youth academy. It's not just we're signing good players; we're producing them. And and talking of somebody who signed, we named her there. H. Handemode again seemed to have gripped the you know taken the game by the scruff of the neck after that. After we went two one up, because it was her her goal that sort of equalised for us. Tom, Did, was she sort of that again? That sort of taking hold of that midfield again. Yeah, when we went to one down, she was the one who was driving the players forward, you know, getting them to pick their heads up and go, go again, you know, and she, and straight away, she got a goal back. She, she's a real talent and she's a leader. She, she's, she was, she was captain before Perksy come on. She's a leader, she's a leader with that, in that midfield and, you know, she's the type of players that we need. Like, we've got a few leaders in that team now. Got the likes of Perksy, Demodi, who, who you know, there's a few people in there. Um, you know, that's the type of, type of players that you do need in in there to when you go two one down, you know, pick your head and go for it. And we've done it. And she was she was brilliant. She was a driving force in, in getting us back to 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 get that three point today. Sounds like a real sort of player of the match type of performance there from Helen. And uh, credit to 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 the whole team to sort of. Gal, you know, sort of galvanise and sort of go forward again and, and get that three points. It does take us to that magic. Well, it takes us above the magic twenty point mark. And Dan, you know, Dan McMurray was very keen. You know, he said twenty points. That's all I'm looking for. You know, sort of what I'm looking at is the target. And I know Tom, you sort of you asked him after the Stoke game. You know, sort of you you one point away from it. And and I saw his reaction. And he's just there was a little cheeky smile there, and he just went twenty points is still the target. And you sort of. And then today he's gone out and said it's 30 points is now the target. So, but in all seriousness, we, we, we I mean, you know, he's, we've set a target. We've really achieved that target, haven't we, Jess? We've, you know, hitting 22 points already. Yeah, I think it's unbelievable. I don't think any of us would have expected it. We had a really tough start to the season. You know, we played Foyle, Derby. We had a WB, we played West Brom really early on. And I think to come away with the amount of points that we did, 
it wasn't like we had an easy start to the season at all. So I think to get those 22 points now, however game, however many games we are into the season, against teams that are going to be challenging this season, I think that is massive credit to the team. And I think, hope obviously, Maka said it is 30 points now, but, you know, to reach the 20-point mark so early on in the season, I don't think any of us would have expected it at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was having a look at the league table, Tom. Obviously, there's ourselves in, in the Northern and there's Ipswich and Southampton who have gone unbeaten in the Southern. I think they've played slightly more games than us as well, who are all on 20 points. But that we're the only three teams that are over 20 point, twenty or plus points this season. I think it's it shows sort of who we're competing against, really, doesn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, you know, um, you know, Macca's always says he wanted the 20 points, he's got them now, you know, he's took a side games. I mean, we didn't, I mean, when we were giving our predictions at the beginning of the season, we were hoping that they, they would be pushing um, with a promotion group, but we didn't expect to be, you know, after eight games on 22 points and being unbeaten, you know, and it's not like we've played, played easy teams. I mean, we've played Foyle, who are, you know, one of the favourites to win the league, Derby County away, you know, Nottingham Forest. For no mugs, these teams that we played, I and mean, we've unbeaten, won seven, drawn one. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a credit to the team, what Mac has built, and it's credit to the management staff as well. Uh, you could even say that, you know... Um, sorry, go on, Tom. Yeah, you know, it's a credit to the um, management team and, and everything what's been built at this club through, through the last three or four years. And, you know, the next the next step is now 30 points. And, you know, let's see how, how long it takes them to get that. But, you know, I think that, you know, I don't think even the women themselves would have expected to have such a brilliant start to the campaign. And it's credit to them because, you know, they're a brilliant team. We've got some brilliant players. Mac has recruited well. We've got a great management team there. Um, the, the club's looking great for the future. Yeah, uh, and picking up on something that, top, uh, that Tom just said, and you've alluded to as well, Jess, we, yeah, we've not played easy teams and, and we've got the points. In fact, I mean, no disrespect to Hull because obviously they, they gave us a tough game today. But if you're looking at league positions of the teams that we've played, Hull were the, the easiest team we've played this season and, and they were our toughest test. You know, you could say that actually we're better against tougher teams. Thoughts on that, Jess? Yeah, I think as when we went into this game, I think quite a few of us saw that Hull were obviously struggling on points this season. But, you know, football's football. You're never guaranteed to put four or five past the team just because they're struggling. So I think, obviously, you know, as they proved today, when we went down, I think that was sort of like we need to like wake up a bit now. So I do think we have maybe they've sort of gone into the game and thought, you know what, like when we played Fylde and when we played Derby, you know, they are sort of more favourites this season. But I think, you know, as Hull proved today, I think none of us, well, not many of us would have expected Hull to go 2-1 up. And I think that just proves that every team in this division is fighting for points and there's never, ever a winner before the game. You can never, there's no, it's never really predicted who's going to win because I don't think many of us would have predicted what would have happened today. No. Well, very well said. I think it's some good, interesting challenges. I think whilst we have played sort of the other top sort of five teams around us, we are now moving on to sort of lower down the league and, uh, so we're looking at, and we look at the next game coming up. 
it's Burnley at home on the 24th of October. Um, so a good sort of couple of weeks away now. They're currently six in the league. And I'm just sort of looking at their their stats and they sort of lost, whilst they lost to Brighouse 1-0, they beat Loughborough and Hull both three, they beat them both 3-0 in the last sort of three games. So I think, and they're also in the sort of the process of turning professional as well as a whole club. So it's going to be a really interesting um, challenge. Jess, you know of one of the players, one of their midfield players there, don't you? Try to remember the name. Yeah, I noticed. I think she signed the beginning of this season, Millie Ravenin, and she signed for from Man City and she'd been at the academy for four years. And when Man City was struggling with injuries, she was one of the academy graduates that stepped up and were in and around the first team. And I think she's going to be a threat this weekend if she plays because, you know, you don't play for Man City Academy for four years for nothing. She's clearly got, she's clearly very, very talented and she will definitely be a threat at the weekend if she does start, if she does come on, come off the bench. So, yeah, I think she's definitely a player we should look out for. I think, Tom, it sort of shows where we sort of the, the teams we're playing with, where we're looking at teams that have got uh, signing people off, or, you know, poaching players off Man City, but also in the process of going professional, that these are the teams that we're challenging for. You know, and it also gives us a, something to look at going forward. What do you think, thought on that? Yeah, it does. Obviously, they're, on our, they're um, in process of going to professional, as Jester says. Has got a a player who, who's, who's signed from Man City Academy as well. So you know they want to push their team forward a lot. So you know, and we we've they've got experience in this league. We've come up from a division below, and you know we're top of the league. They're sixth. Um, I think that the, the um, Burnley game will be a tough game for us. Um, but, you know, we've got the home advantage. We can get our own. Hopefully all the our fans will be back at the CKW for that one and we can get behind them and push them on for, for, for the win. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be a tough game, you know, uh, against Burnley. No, definitely. It'd be really good to have another big attendance there. And obviously, especially for the girls having not had... Uh, fans there today. It would be good if we were able to have a whole load of fans there. The game after that, um, the sort of the other end of half term week, basically, is the Sheffield FC away. It's so uh, uh, so the oldest team in football, oldest professional, oldest team in football is Sheffield FC. Useless fact there for you. Um, currently tenth in the league, um, they played file in filed in the cup today and lost, and they've got filed on the 24th in the league as well so I think um, and before and the last three games they lost to Huddersfield 6-0 beat Hull 4-0 and lost to West Bromwich Albion 2-1 so they're, they're another team who like uh, Hull could well court you know give us a bit of a headache Jess so any thoughts about Sheffield? Um, I've not really seen like much of them play I really I'd obviously I'd heard of them, but I'd never really seen much of them before we got promoted. But, you know, to beat Huddersfield and obviously they to take points off a team like Huddersfield, you know, Huddersfield are a very good team and to take points off. It was take, lost to Huddersfield, beat Hull, sorry. Oh, sorry, take points off Hull, you know. They can, they're another team that obviously they beat Hull, was it 4-0? Yeah. So, you know, there's never like, it's never guaranteed, but I think obviously they are slightly lower down in the table, but I would like to think it would be quite competitive as it is for every single game in the league at the minute. 
Yeah, Tom, competitive game over there in Yorkshire. We've got a good track record at the minute of going of playing Yorkshire teams and winning. Yeah, I think that you know, um, you know, Sheffield, Sheffield FC are struggling. Um, I think we're currently in tenth in the league. Fighting, they're going to be wanting points. I want to get a points on the board. Um, but yeah, I think that I think we've just got enough in our squad to, to beat them. Um, you know, but you know, who knows? You know, I thought that coming into this game, we'll get we would we'll thrash Hull today. And it, it don't work like that. Um, Hall gave us a, a good game, and you know, we, we just made it through three two. So you know, um, I think that we will win the game. I think we've got enough there. I think that you know, if Amber will be back. Um, for then I spoke to Maka post match. He's hoping that Amber and Jade will be pushing back for the Burnley game. So hopefully you'll have them back. You'll have a lot of Kelly Darby back in the squad. So you know, if you're looking at that and you think you know that that that, that front three is going to be oh, oh, I'd think Amber, Jade, and um, Beth Merrick, possibly Ellie Butler or Leo Joyce as well to come on. Amy Deacon, you've got quite we've got the squad depth, and I think that yeah, I think we will we'll just have too much. For, for Sheffield. Uh, definitely. And talking about Yorkshire, um, our reserves were away in Yorkshire today in the uh, the Reserves League Cup uh, determining round and um, they put a few goals past Donny. They, they won 6-0. Um, so really good sort of performance there from the team. And so congratulations, you know, sort of well done to Tom and the team as well. Um, it's keeping that, that uh, you know, the team there doing really well. And as, as we've seen with, and that's without Lauren, who's obviously you know, Lauren Riley Lauren was obviously with first team, so she wasn't available there for Tom and team to so um, still scoring goals, which is really good to see. Um, moving on now to the Player of the Month award for September. I mean, I think we all, you know, we all struggled sort of with who, which of the four players, not because you know we could pick because we could have picked you know twenty odd players there. The whole squad has been doing really well, as we've touched on already. Um, but the overriding result of the, sort of the public vote was anamorphic with 77% of the vote. I think that's a top. I think that shows sort of how much people appreciate her, her contribution to the team, both in defense, but also with her set pieces. Yeah, Anna's done well the last few weeks, you know, and she, yeah, I think she's well deserving of that of that award. Um, you know, she she's got a brilliant one of a kick on her in her free kicks and penalties. You can always guarantee that she's going to at least hit the target from a free kick, and you know that that free kick what she took um, against um, Morris wasn't it? It's Forest, yeah, Forest one, yeah. And she took one at Huddersfield as well. And you know, the penalty again, the penalties, you can always guarantee that, you know, that she, she's going to score a penalty. I mean, she, she never misses, does she? So, yeah, it's well deserved. Her performances have warranted it. And yeah, a player of the month forward is well deserved, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, do you realise, Jess, that uh, Anna Moffat is actually our league goal scorer so far this season in the league with four goals to her name? And it, obviously, a couple of those are penalties, but. It shows that sort of the contribution that she makes, it not only at the back. Yeah, she's. I think as well. Obviously, she is our lead goal scorer, but I think, I think, she's been very, very good defensively. I think the West Brom game, she was really good defensively, and I think you know she has an absolute wonder of a left foot and her balls down the 
pitch and her free kicks, her penalties. She's an all-round, she's been an absolutely amazing player all-round this season. And I think she definitely is worthy of the Player of the Month award. Uh, definitely, definitely. So, well, obviously we couldn't present the award to um, today because of the restrictions at the CKW, uh, not being at the CKW, which we'll discuss later on in the pod. Um, but Anna, the present, the uh, the award will come your way when we get the chance to uh, see you on and give it to you. So, uh, congratulations to the, on that, Anna. And that brings us to a good place to pause for the uh, you know the end of part one of this pod, and we'll be back after the break. Many thanks. Welcome back to part two of this edition of the Wolves Women podcast. Um, so we're going to just touch on something that we've sort of alluded to earlier in the podcast about the, the fact that the whole game was behind closed doors. Um, obviously, so we normally play at the CKW Stadium and it was uh, announced earlier on in the week that due to the gate, ground not being available at CKW Stadium, that there wasn't uh, the ability to play it there at Castlecroft and they can't host it. And then because of the COVID restrictions at Compton Park, the Jack Hayward training ground, um, fans weren't allowed into the ground. Obviously, understand completely that if a you know if your regular ground's not available and the, the restrict COVID restrictions um stop, you know, mean you can't have fans in, get all that. So I mean the first things first. I've had I've been on my high horse before on this podcast, so I'm not going to sort of rehash my comments um, about streaming, bar the fact that I think noting we were at Compton, there were no fans allowed. Um, I, I feel uh, personally that it was, you know, this would have been a prime example, prime opportunity, especially when the, the men's aren't available to watch anyhow, so people could watch the game. You know, there'll be no clashing or anything like that um, to allow people to, uh, first of all, stream the match. Um, so, Tom, you know, what's your views on lack of streaming for this game? It's possibly a game what what could have been streamed, um, you know, because fans wasn't allowed in. Um, and you know, Compton have got their facilities already on site um, for, for it to be streamed. So it would have been good if if I could have. You know, streamed it for the fans, so 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 the fans could you know watch as well. Um, so you know, on that that point, you know, I think that possibly yeah, it, it could have been streamed and possibly should have to been yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw quite a lot of people asking on Facebook, and I know the uh, eighteen seventy seven Wolves Trust did ask the club about what whether there was a possibility of getting streaming, and it wasn't. Uh, there was no response from the club on it, which is a shame, to be perfectly honest. I think I'd rather, even if they had um, sort of ha- had a response, or, you know, sort of a, a explanation and apology of why they couldn't have done it, it would have been useful. I mean, the other suggestion that was made, Jess, was, well, there's nobody playing at Molyneux. Why not make Molyneux available? Thoughts on that one, Jess? I think it could have potentially been a possibility, but having the game rearranged, it might, may have been a bit short notice, I don't know how um, far in advance they knew that the CKW wouldn't be available, but I think it was a possibility, but it's whether you know, it is available and if you can get the staff to work it, but I think it's disappointing that fans couldn't see the game, whether that was in real life or streaming it, because there was no men's team and I think it would have you know, we've proved this with attendances when the men's game 
the, the men's games on on the same day that there is generally a bigger attendance so I think it, we would have had a bigger attendance this weekend had people could have watched it or been I think it is disappointing but I suppose it is what it is it's yeah. over now and we've got to go on to the next game well exactly and I think one of the things just to look at there I mean obviously we're pushing we're top up top you know well, top of the league not even top half of the table we're pushing for that sort of promotion spot I think at some point we're going to outgrow the CKW stadium and that's you know don't get me wrong it's a great little ground it's really friendly you know it's a really friendly place to go but at some point we're going we are going to outgrow it I mean I personally would love to have something similar to what sort of it you know the sort of the, the what Man City have got with their sort of mini academy stadium or what Chelsea have got down at King's Meadow where you know it's a dedicated ground for their women's team and I know the City Academy Stadium shared with their under 23s. I, I think that would be a really good sort of selling point. Tom, for what do you think? You know, sort of dedicated Wolves Women's Stadium. I think that it's something that the club can look at, um, most definitely. I think that, you know, where our under 18s, under 23s, and women can play on it. Um, you know, and I don't think there'll be any fixture clashes there really near because the under-23s always play on a Friday or a Monday and the under-18s always play on a Saturday and Wolves women is mainly on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so it's something that Wolves could look at. The only thing that I would say is the, in Wolverhampton itself, there's not much land to build on. Um, so unless like the club buy the ground, what is, what, what's on Asda, um, and demolish that and then build like a, a mini stadium on there and like a mini fan park around it. Um, that's a possibility. Otherwise, you know, build it on the outskirts uh, of Wolverhampton. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely something what the club and Fulton will possibly look, be looking into, you know, because I want to grow the club. Um, you know, we've seen with our under-23s, I have to play at Kid Minister areas, which is out of the way. And, you know, if you're looking at, you know, us growing out, I'll go in the CKW, where would we play our games? It'll be either Telford or Kitty, because we haven't got our own, you know, mini training on less to play every game at Molyneux, but I don't think that will happen. Um, so ideally, yeah, I think we do need our own, even if it's like a four or five thousand seater stadium, you know, a mini stadium where, where our, our academies and our girls can play on most definitely. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Tom. I think it'd have to be out on the outskirts, realistically, because unless you can buy Asda, then that's you know that's all you know, that's the only space realistically, isn't it? It's the Asda ground, so it'd have to be on the outskirts. But I mean, Jess, you've been to the city state, city, you know, sort of there. You've seen the setup. Public transport is the key to that, isn't it? Yeah, the city set. What they have there is absolutely unbelievable, and I think not just for their women's team, but I think for their academy, you know getting decent crowds in for their academy I think it is absolutely perfect there and the tram is in Manchester it's literally right outside the ground and obviously the tram in Wolverhampton doesn't go right to the right to Molyneux but we have a possibility of you know I've I heard years ago that they were hoping that they could extend the tram or whatever but I do think I agree with what Tom's saying that Kidderminster Harriers is a bit far out and that there isn't too much space in Wolverhampton so I would, I would love to see. It. I think it's a, I think it would definitely show the direction that the club wants to go in terms of the women's game if they were to build a stadium specifically for the women's team. But 
I do think there's so many different things you know, have to consider space and where's best to play, but I would love to see it happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think the infrastructure's got to be right. Um, certainly, I don't think CKW, you couldn't sort of say, well, we'll, we'll buy the CKW and expand, because I just don't think the, 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 the infrastructure, the space there is not practical. Um, I know, you know, there was issues with the parking at when when we had the Albion there and it was six, 600 odd people turned up. So if we're going to, whilst that ground can hold 2,000, I think is what it's listed down as, but once you get to about, yeah, more than sort of 500, that's it realistically parking-wise, it's going to become a nightmare. And I know, well, obviously we had to play the the last round of the FA Cup last season um, against uh, Blackburn at the New Bucks Head. Um, so I presume that was due to um, issues with the facilities. So if we're going to be up in the W, if, you know, if we do get promoted out of the championship, it's something we've got to look at. And I think, Tom, you made a really good point there as well about Foson. Foson, an investment firm. And at the minute, we're paying Kidderminster Harriers and CKW money to host our teams and um the profits from the bars and i appreciate you know it's small beer relative terms you know with tendencies and things like that but all that money the minute that goes into other clubs pockets could be going into um the the club itself walls you know the sort of the walls club itself and really sort of carrying on that investment i think it's something you know looking at sort of um how best we could utilise that facility and sort of picking up what you said, Tom, about sort of it's Fridays, Monday, Fridays, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, realistically, with the odd sort of evening game for Wolves women in the midweek. Actually, there's time for the community to use it as well and make it, a, especially if it's outside of the, uh, uh, away from the away from the centre of Wolverhampton, you can sort of get people out there, coach them in. Um, and, and also the thing is, with the way technology, from what I understand about, I'm no groundsman, but what I understand about sort of grounds and sort of this stuff, you can sort of grow the grass and make it look and feel like the Molyneux itself. So that therefore, when the players are playing on that surface, actually it feels like they're playing at the Molyneux. So therefore, when you've got reserves, yeah, they're, they're not, they're used to it. The only difference is the size of the stadium rather than the actual uh, playing surface. Uh, it's just some thoughts. And I think there's a, there's a, but there is, I think, real commercial advantage to having our own dedicated mini stadium and, and relatively relatively speaking it's probably cheaper in the long run i would have thought certainly i mean it's not you know you're, you're chucking a few million quid at it yes but it's not in the grand scheme of things it will sort of stack up especially if we are expanding into the, you know we're going to be competing in the wsl or, or the championship at least in you know women's championship talking commercial we had oh i had a, a you know the twitter walls women podcast at Wolves Women Pod on Twitter had a message off Russell Jones or engaged with Russell Jones, um, who's the sort of the commercial director at Wolves over the shirts, Wolves Women shirts. And he um, commented that, and I'll read it uh, verbatim so I got it accurate. Hello at Wolves Women Pod. I can confirm that this is in the planning stage. That's uh, having Wolves Women shirts for sale in the shop. Um, at Wolves Women's Shirts will be available in store later this month. More information to follow. So that is that we'll have Wolves Women's Shirts for sale in the club shop in October. Jess, I know you're championing at the bit to get sort of Merrick, uh, uh, you know, Mer Beth Merrick's name on the back of a Wolves Women's Shirt. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think we've shared conversations about this multiple times. And I think there's so many people out there, whether you're a women's fan or not, I think, there's a few people that don't really like having betting sponsors on front of shirts, but I think 
just having them in the shop and showing people that they have women's shirts available I think that is another thing that is it's a step in the right direction obviously they had them towards the end of last season and I think quite a few people did buy them so I would like to think that they become a regular now and they're in there every single season just the same as the men's shirts are but yeah I think it's it'll be really exciting when they are in there and I think hopefully it shouldn't be too long now you know we're sort of in into October now so I would like to think that they are in there very very soon yeah so I, I have to say I'm with Jess on that whole sort of betting thing on that I'm not a big I mean whilst I am wearing my wool shirt from a couple of seasons ago with man bet on it it's I, you know I, I do prefer not to have uh, a betting firm on on the front of the shirt if I can avoid it and certainly I'll be I'm holding fire to, to get my uh Energy Angels shirt or Energy Angel sponsors shirt. Tom, you you pleased to see the, the news or hear the news that uh, we'll be able to get the Wolves women's shirt soon? Yeah, it's brilliant from the club to to, to get the Wolves women's shirts in stock and sell them. I know there's uh, quite a few fans out there who don't like the um, the betting company, so it gives them an option as well. Um, you know, a different option with a different sponsor on it. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant by the club um, to to get these shirts in stock. Hopefully, they'll be in soon, and people can buy them. And yeah, it's it's great move by the club. You know, to to get these shirts in stock to get so the women's have now got their replica shirts in in store, and the, the women's fan can buy them. But only women's fans, the men's fans as well, who who don't like the betting company on it so yes it's win all round for the club yeah that's i think is a key point tom as well it's it should they, those they need to be in men's sizes as well as women's sizes so we can make sure that yeah so us yeah the men can also wear them um i just hope that uh, they improve the delivery service before uh before october and so that they're uh because at this rate they'll probably be just be arriving in time for christmas um that's a different point for, and for a wider podcast audience as well um moving on um injury updates um obviously we've noted that we've got quite a few players out injured um i i had uh you know sort of Sh- uh, shaney jennings commented on uh, you know sort of um had confirmed that she has had her operation and he's sort of working her way back on the road to recovery. Obviously, when they announced that she was out injured, it was for the whole of the season, so not anticipating seeing her back, unfortunately. But obviously, it was really good to hear that she had her up and that she was now on that road to recovery. So, um, yeah, wishing Shaney all the best in the, her recovery. Um, Kelly Darby obviously went off um, at the Huddersfield game you know, with concussion, um, so hasn't been available for the last couple of um, games and uh, not allowed to train under concussion protocols but I think yeah from what here she'll be back in training this week did you get anything else uh, Tom from the other about uh, other some of the other injuries like the Jade and Amber yeah um, I spoke to Maka after the game um, and he he told me he told me that um, Amber and Jade are pushing and to get back for, for Burnley um so yeah, I think that they'll be back um or in and around the team near that day. So whether on the bench or whether they start, but I definitely think they'll they'll be back for the Sheffield um the Sheffield FC game hundred percent. So they're they're coming back, they're gonna boost um the squad as well. And it's gonna give Dan some um headaches um to pick from as well because 
You know, you've got the likes of Leo Joyce who stepped up um, and Ellie Butler who stepped up as well. And, you know, Lauren Moore scored today. So it's be interesting to see whether when Amber and Jade do come back, whether they instantly go back into the starting eleven, or whether Dan chooses to keep Leo or Ellie and, you know, they start on the bench. It'd be interesting to see. But, yeah, um, I wouldn't like to be in Dan's shoes right now because he's got a real headache when they come back. I agree, Jess. Dan's shoes, would you fancy being that sort of having to make that decision about sort of picking Amber and Jade or Lauren and Leo and Ellie? or What would views? No, absolutely not. I think I think that just shows, I think that's a credit to the club. I think also a credit to the academy to prove we've had players as good as Leo and Lauren come in over the past like season and a half. And I think obviously, hopefully there is more players to come through, but I think that's a really positive sign for me. But yeah, I think we have got quite a bit of depth up front and I would definitely not like to be in down shoes to pick for the next couple of games when they're all back fit. Uh, and I think I saw, uh, and Tom, you'll be able to see if you can confirm this, was Lowry Walker around the, the squad on uh, either today or, or at the Stoke game? I thought I saw a picture of her at the um, Stoke game. I'm not sure. To be, I think she was at Stoke. I don't. I, I, I couldn't see her today. Um, but um, Kelly Darby, I've seen today. Um, Jade Cross as well. She was there. Um, was on the sidelines, so but I, I, I come, I, I couldn't see Lowry, um, today. No, fingers crossed. Hopefully, if Larry was around with the Stoke team, then hope uh, squad at Stoke, then hopefully she, that means she'll also be back because that's another player who we haven't seen at all this season due to injuries. He'll be obviously wanting to get back into that team and sort of giving a, a, Dan another headache. Jess, I also think another player that will be coming back, you know, Maz, we haven't seen her play yet. I think she she scored a lot of goals for Coventry, so I think hopefully she should be back pretty soon. I think so. She's another very very talented player that will be fighting for places up front. Yeah, when we signed her, Dan sort of said it was sort of tail end of the year, wasn't it? Sort of tail end of the calendar year was when they were anticipating getting her in. I, I know I've seen her um, in the warm ups or in and around the squad on match day and having a good kick of the ball. And yeah, you can see what the talent you can see the the, the the talent that's there, it's just a case of, yeah, getting a match fit and um, up and raring to go. And I think that'll be a phenomenal additional resource there with it for Dan. And, and and as we say again, another headache for him. Well pointed out, Jess, yeah. Um, I think that's, that gives us a sort of a good point there to sort of leave, sort of musing on headaches. Um, Tom, any sort of any other bits and pieces, anything you want to say? Not really, no. No, Jess, anything from yourself? No. Well, thank you very much for listening to the pod. Obviously, you can find us all on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're all at Wolves Women Pod. And you can email us at, at wolveswomenpodcast.outlook.com. Please, if you do give us a listen, do sort of give us a review, you know, five stars, anything like that. In fact, just give us the five stars. Not worried about the review bit. Just the five stars would be really nice. Really appreciated. And, um, yeah, please do share and, and mention it. And as ever, as always, up the walls.